the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. Pastor Rander's message awakens this question in us. What is God's will for my life now that I am saved? Given life's circumstances, we may need to ask this question more than once. God gives us free will. He doesn't force himself on us. So it is up to us to seek, study, obey, and meditate on his word if we are to reap all of the blessings that come from serving him. We will fall immeasurably short of what he has in store for us if we do anything less. You'll want to take notes, so have your Bible, pen, and paper ready. That inner peace is so essential in knowing the will of God. John 16, 33a says, these things I have spoken to you that in me, in Christ, you will have peace. Number 10, the will of God involves knowing what he has gifted you to do. The will of God involves knowing what he has gifted you to do. Now that's big. Only when you are operating in your area of giftedness can you ma- can God maximize himself through you. I said again, only when you are operating in your area of giftedness can God maximize himself through you. Uh, Romans 12, 6a says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. What? The spiritual gifts that he has deposited in us at the point of salvation. God reveals his spiritual gifts to those who have the mind of Christ. He reveals the spiritual gifts. See, many of you have spiritual gifts, but you don't even know what they are. And I'm telling you how you how you can know your spiritual gifts. You have to have the mind of Christ. You must meditate on the word of God and you must have intimacy with Christ. You can't be distant from God and know your spiritual gifts. There there are a lot of spiritual gifts, inventories out there, surveys to discover your gifts. I don't care who about that stuff. You don't have to take some little test, some little formula. Listen, God will do that. You don't, that test, no, 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 no. It's not by, by some little test as an indication. If you have the mind of Christ, meditate on the word of God, and you're very close to God intimately, you will discover what your spiritual gift is. Now, let me say something uh, that's, that needs to be said. There are many unbelievers who possess incredible natural talents. There are people who are not saved that can out-sing you. They can beat you playing basketball. They can beat you in this and that and that and that and go way beyond. But those are natural talents which comes from God as well. However, for believers, after receiving Christ as your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit is the one. He's the person who imparts spiritual gifts to believers in order to build up the body of Christ. 
Natural unsaved people can't do that. Only spiritual believers can build up the body of Christ through their giftedness and equip the saints for the work of ministry. You see, how do you know that? Because of Ephesians chapter four, verses 11 and 12, which says, and he, Christ himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry and for the edifying. Edifying means to build up for the edifying of the body of Christ. I want you to hear me, please, in the name of Jesus. Hear me. Hear what the word is saying. One of the primary ways to know your spiritual gift is that God will burden your heart and give you an unquenchable desire to serve him in a specific area. That's a a sign right there. That desire won't go away. You can try to run from it. You can try to suppress it, but, but it's still there. And you just, you're full of anguish. You, 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 you're just ill at ease because your heart is burdened because God is at work in you. And he's shaking up your comfort zone because he wants to do something special with you, through you, and to you. I remember when God called me to preach when I was 18 years old. Then I'm going to turn around and pull a Jonah and try to run from him. How do you run from God when he's everywhere present? I was running from the responsibility. I didn't want to, at 18 in high school, I didn't want to be called reverend and preacher and all of this. And I tried to find my pastor, tell him about it. I couldn't find him. I said, oh, I ain't called. If I was called, I found my pastor. I was talking about what, all right, that's a whole nother story. I know y'all like stories, but I, I, I can't go. We'll talk about that another time. That gets too long. But I was miserable. I knew God had called me to preach. I had no, I had no doubts about it. My heart was burdened. And then I, I was afraid to sleep at night because I just knew if I fell asleep and died and and stood before God, it wasn't an issue of salvation. I was saved. But when I stand before God and and glaze in those and gaze in those eyes and he said, why didn't you preach my word? I would be so ashamed. And I was afraid of letting God down when I stood before him in glory. And the weight got heavier and heavier and heavier. And nothing could comfort me. Nothing could satisfy me. I, I, I had to surrender. And when I surrendered that day, oh man, 39 years ago, it was like a weight was lifted off me. And I, then I was so um, hurt that I didn't move soon enough. Because when I started preaching, I said, God, this is pretty good. I'm liking this. I'm fulfilled. I want to do this. I, I went to Bible school. I prepared myself. I studied. I taught Sunday school. I preached on the streets. I did what some of y'all haven't done yet here. Some of y'all won't knock on one door. Talking about, Lord, use me. He said, I use you when you go knock on one door. Now, you, oh, I got to pray about knocking on the door. You don't have to pray about what God already told you to do. <laughs> Won't y'all say amen? 
I was troubled. I was full of anguish. I was burdened. And when I surrendered, I was free. And now look what, because I surrendered, look what God has done. Second church I pastored. Three decades of ministry here. All the clinics and orphanages. God, God has used us in Africa and, and Uganda and Rwanda. How we how I preach uh, over in Ukraine, in the Republic of Georgia, in the Philippines, in Jamaica, uh, in New Zealand. I, I just keep calling, uh, headed toward Latvia, uh, all these places. I mean, I said, God, how do you do this? And then if I hadn't surrendered, I wouldn't be preaching to you right now. You wouldn't know me, and I wouldn't know you. I'm so glad I surrendered. Thank you, God, for using me. When you don't surrender, you are messing with your blessing. And God is, when you stand before God in heaven, happy Holy Ghost. When you stand before God in heaven, he's going to show you all the stuff you could have had. And how he could have used you most, most magnificently. But you kept telling God, no, not now. Uh-uh, that ain't me. And you keep on putting that in God's face. God says, okay, and you're going to miss it, and God will use somebody else, and you're going to regret it, and, and Satan's going to play games with you, and Satan even call you fool. Why didn't you take advantage? And then Satan, he flips the script on you then. So, so whatever you got to do for God, go and do it. So one of the primary ways to know you're gifted is that God will burn your heart and give you an unquenchable desire to serve him in a specific area. God will gladly take over navigating our lives when we surrender to him. He's standing on the outside, waiting for us to open the door of our hearts from the inside. We must let him in and give him complete control. As Pastor Rander continues today's message, listen closely as he focuses in on God's criteria for knowing His will and what we must willingly do to live in Him, through Him, and for Him. God must always be first in all things and we must submit to His Lordship in all things. Remember to keep your Bible, pen, and paper handy. If you are serving in your area of weakness, now some people think they call and they're not called in that area, and they're making a mess. If you're not called to teach and the, and, the, and the class can't do nothing, you might need to get out. That's right. You know, if you think you got the gift of teaching, uh, st- uh, start with vacation Bible school. So if you you're not, if you mess up, you only got a week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and some folk they mess up, and it's not their niche. And I can see it, and. Uh, and then you try to move them, then they mad at you. But no, they mad at you. But 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 they can't do nothing with where they are, and don't want to move. They're blocking somebody else' blessing that could do more with what you have and won't give up, and you can't do nothing with it. If you're serving in an area of weakness, you will struggle, become frustrated. If you're not operating your area of giftedness, you will lose confidence and you will negatively affect those around you. I believe it is God's will for you to use the spiritual gift 
that he has placed within you. Now, listen closely. A sure sign that you are in the will of God is when you maintain an excitement and passion in the area that God has called you to serve. That's how you know you're where God has gifted you to be. You say, how do you know that? You're still passionate about it. You're still excited about it. I mean, you, you don't mind working at it. I mean, I worked on this message until I walked out of here and still at the 11th hour, I'm still looking one more time and just one more time. And I'm, I'm just loving the one more time. Now, somebody said, do you get tired? Yeah. Yeah, I get tired. Yeah, I get tired. But when I think about you and not want your blood on, on my hands and not getting your whipping, I'm going to preach the truth. Won't y'all say amen? Oh, my God. When you are excited, now you're like, well, I guess I'll get down here to the well. Well, I'm a substitute. You know, I'm supposed to, supposed to do something. I got to be kind of ready in case somebody gets sick. You know, that same person gets sick at the last minute. You're in the wrong place. You're in the wrong place. Wrong place. Got a draft. I don't want to come to choir rehearsal. I mean, when you got a passion about what you do, I mean, when those greeters and ushers came in there, uh, I thank you, Holy Ghost. You can give me good memory this morning. Uh, at that meeting, we had Bible study. I, 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 preached, I was preaching and teaching on when Satan comes to church. Didn't we have a good time for those? Years? And then when it's time for that meeting to start, I saw about 60 or 74 walk in there that missed Bible study. I said, where were they? You mean tell me you didn't know the experience? Here we are mid-month. It's already January and you missing Bible study? You purposefully miss Bible? I'm not talking about you who went to work now. I'm not talking about you. Now, some of y'all say y'all going to work and you your work is who knows what. But, okay. When you are satisfied, when you enjoy it, when you love what you do, there's an excitement, there's an intensity, there's a, there's a passion when you play. I enjoy seeing John on those bungos and he's hitting, and then he's hitting on another, and he's got the thing and he's got the bells going and I look over here and, and, and see my brother over there with the sax, uh, uh, brother Bullock, and he just, and they're going to feel it. And I'm just seeing, and they're doing it for God. They're doing it for God. And they're excited about it. And you don't have to ask them, are they going to show up? When they got to ask you, you, you if we got to ask, are you going to show up? You already messed up. Oh, God. Oh, help me preach. I'm almost done. Number 11. Apart from having wisdom from God, apart from having wisdom from God, you will not know his will for your life. You got to have God, God's wisdom to know his will. James chapter one, verse five says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach. And it will be given to him. Now, you know what wisdom is? Wisdom is the God given ability. To see all of life from God's perspective through the lens of Scripture. Let me just say that again. I know you're writing. Wisdom is the God-given ability 
to see all of life from God's perspective through the lens of Scripture. It also gives us wisdom, also gives us the ability to discern truth from lies and deception. Cornal saints, selfish saints, foolish saints, unwise saints, misdirected believers, confused Christians cannot know the will of God. However, when you implement Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he, he shall direct your path. The Lord will reveal his will to you as you trust God, not lean on your human wisdom as you acknowledge him and seek his divine guidance. He will direct the path in life you should go. You need the wisdom from God to know the will of God to the glory of God. Number 12, only when you delight yourself in the Lord can you know the will of God for your life. Now, get that one now. You got to get this one, y'all. Only when you delight yourself in the Lord can you know the will of God for your life. Now, to delight yourself in the Lord is to take pleasure in Christ. To delight yourself in the Lord, it, it is to possess the joy of the Lord and satisfaction in Christ. You see, uh, Psalms 37, 4 says, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. You delight, he'll give you the desires of your heart. When your pleasure comes from worshiping Christ, when your pleasure comes, when you take pleasure in fellowshipping with Christ, when you take pleasure in serving Christ, pleasing Christ, and glorifying God, and not self-pleasure and loving the things of this world, he will give you the desires of your heart. Why? Because he knows you only desires to do that which pleases and glorifies him. He will give you the desires of your heart when you take delight. Now you dragging on God. I ain't going to, I'm not going to pay tithes. Or you pretend like Ananias and Fire, you give a piece of, of, of the tithe. A partial tithe is not a tithe. And then you turn around and say, God, uh, give me the desires of my heart. You, you, uh, you always tardy. You perpetually late. Uh, you, you, you just mediocre. Mediocrity rules today. Then don't expect God to give you the, you the desires of your heart. First Corinthians 10 31 says, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Finally, but not the least. The will of God is not without its struggles, trials and spiritual warfare. Did you get it? The will of God is not without its struggles. The will of God is not without his trials and the will of God is not without spiritual warfare. Some of you say, oh, they they won't cooperate. They won't listen. I can't get them to move. They don't implement nothing I teach. It it looks like the harder I teach, the, the less exciting they are. They won't budge. They set in their ways. People sometimes get mad at you because you spoke the truth. 
uh, and on and on and on it goes. Listen, uh, wherever you're doing, it, perhaps it's on the job. You can't leave every job because you're having a struggle. You never work that way. How many of you have had struggles on a, on a job? Now, do you turn around? Well, she, uh, she, she said something I didn't like, so she's gone. Uh, so, so you left. So you left because somebody said something you didn't like. They made a they made a change. They cut back people and put more work on you. And I go on and on and on. They want the kids to to do better on these tests. And yet I got 50 kids in my class. You know, over, overstacked with children. I'm, I'm just. And yet. <laughs> and yet, you know, it's God's will that God called you to teach. And you keep on teaching and you make the most of what you have. Sometimes you got to buy the supplies. Sometimes you gotta you you have to dig in your own pocket to, to to do. But I want to tell you something. Just because you have struggles in the church, struggles on your job, struggles in the struggles with 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 wherever you are, doesn't mean you're not in the will of God. You say, how do you know that from the life of Paul? Second Corinthians chapter eleven verses twenty five through twenty eight a says, look at Paul's struggles. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen. In perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. In weariness, I was tired and toiled and sleepless, sleeplessness often. I was hungry. I was thirsty. In fasting often, in cold and times I was naked. Beside the other things, what comes upon me. In other words, he said, this was not all. This is just all I'm going to give you for now. You see, he went through all of this and yet he stayed the course until he was beheaded for the cause of Christ. From his conversion on the road to Damascus, he was faithful all the way, and yet he went through all of that, and he took it, and yet he was in the perfect will of God. Some of you, somebody look at you wrong, step on your feet, say something you're like, you go on strike, you go home for three months before you decide you're going to come back. What, what's wrong with you? Come on. Most of all, Jesus himself was in the perfect will of God, and yet King Herod tried to kill him at his birth. He encountered opposition. Jesus encountered hate. Jesus encountered blows and spit in his face. Jesus encountered rejection. He encountered arrest. He was arrested. He had trials against him unjustly. He experienced crucifixion, the most heinous way to die. And yet he stayed the course, remained steadfast, and did the will of the Father who sent him. Therefore, don't quit. Be faithful unto death and he will give you a crown of life. Be encouraged. God's will is not without his struggles. God's will is not without his trials. And God's will is not without spiritual warfare. Our Lord conquered Satan, sin, death, and the grave. If we cling to Christ, we too can know God's will, do God's will, and have victory through our resurrected Savior to the glory of God. And all God's children said, Amen. blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's pray.
Father, this was so much tucked in here. I could have said so much more. But enough was said. And now it's up to the people of God to surrender to the will of God and respond to the word of God, to the glory of God. You brought this congregation of yours here today. You ordered their presence here because you want to redirect their lives. Many, you want to just see them start over afresh. That those here, Father, you want to see get saved so that they can know your will. Others to come back for church membership and settle in, in amidst a congregation and work their spiritual gifts to the glory of God. I pray in the name of Jesus that Satan not dupe the saints, deceive the saints, put the spirit of procrastination on the saints and they miss their blessings, not knowing the day of their death. Please, Lord Jesus, save now, move on the hearts of people, and let them do the right thing, because your word said so. In Jesus' name, and all God's children said, amen. What you gonna do with the message? Lord, what will you have me to do? Thank you for tuning into this program from Maranatha Bible Church Broadcast Ministry. This broadcast is supported in part by your generous financial contributions, and we invite you to partner with us in spreading this important word throughout our local community and the world. If the Lord spoke to you in this message, let us know. Call us at 210-821-5683. Even better, come and visit us at 7855 East Loop 1604 North, Converse, Texas, 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base. If you'd like to order today's message, visit our website at www.maranathasa.org, where you will find an archive of audio and video messages. You can also find service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much, much more. Tune in next week as Pastor Draper continues to teach us from the Word of God. Thank you for joining us today, and may the Lord's blessings be upon you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.